Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we hop into the episode, I just want to remind you to download my free guide to Facebook targeting audiences. It has been created specifically for teacher business owners, and I go through the warm, lookalike, and cold interest-based audiences that you need to have set up to be running Facebook and Instagram ads. There are checklists and brainstorming pages so that you know it. you have everything. But as an exciting special, I'm opening up some audience audit calls where you can hop on to a 15-minute Zoom call with me and you'll get my eyes on your audiences so that you can make sure not only you have all of the audiences, but they truly are perfect for your business. So head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audience audit to book your free audience audit call today. Okay, now into the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to Market Scale Grow. As you know, I'm Jenzea. I'm your host, and this is a Saturday strategy session. But it is not any Saturday strategy session. It is a special, exciting episode because today I've invited on my first ever guest. Yes, I know I have guest episodes that air every other week with inspiring stories, but usually my strategy sessions are solo. But today is our first one, and then I'm going to be having more guests come onto Saturday Strategy Sessions in the future. So my guest today is Haley Cleese. She is a content strategist for TPT Authors. She was formerly a sixth grade ELA teacher and now a small business owner. She helps TPT authors feel less stressed and overwhelmed by creating a game plan for their stores and their blogs and email marketing. Haley loves to play volleyball and is a former collegiate athlete and coach. She truly believes that being a business owner is a lot like coaching where it's important to know your audience and what they need at certain times of the year. If Haley's not working, you can find her outside because she loves sunshine and being active. As this is a Saturday strategy session and super special with a guest, Kaylee actually created a freebie for you. So stick around to the end of the interview where you can grab the link and enjoy this amazing freebie from Haley. That's enough for me probably. So let's dive in to the episode. Welcome to Market Scale Grow. Today I have a very exciting episode. I'm talking with Haley. So do you want to introduce yourself and then we'll kind of explain what we're going to be doing? Hi. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So I am a TPT virtual assistant coach. And so basically what I do is I help burned out teachers who are ready to either supplement their teaching income or leave the classroom altogether, learn how to use the skills that they have in the classroom by working for teacher pay teacher sellers. 
So hopefully today we'll be able to talk about setting up some Facebook ads and how you can work all your magic. Yes. So um, Haley was actually on the podcast way back last August episode number 34, and we'll make sure that that's linked. So you can hear the first bit of her story, but you have transitioned from content creation and planning that out to more of helping VA. So that's really cool to have seen the transition in your business. But if you want to hear more about the beginnings of her story, then head to that episode. And today we are going to be doing a strategy session. So I think we're going to go into Haley's account. We're going to set things up and then we will see where it takes us. But this is what a strategy session with me looks like, I guess, sounds like (laughs) because we're on a podcast, right? So, yes, exactly. I'm so excited. I've never ran Facebook ads before, so I'm excited to be the newbie and learn everything from you today during this strategy session. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important parts of like starting Facebook ads is getting everything set up. And I think that it can be very overwhelming. And so we're just going to run through a checklist to make sure all of the different pieces are connected properly. We'll talk a little bit about the pixel and domain and verification and all of those what appear to be overwhelming steps. And it's a lot of steps. So I'm hoping that we can break this down and make it really easy so that people have like a checklist that they can go through and walk through with us. Um, So we're going to start by, if you can share your screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're logging in to the Facebook ads manager. So If you are kind of following along on your own journey to get to the ads manager, you're going to go to business.facebook.com forward slash ads manager, and it should pull up the Facebook ads manager. And that is where we start our journey. You may see some ads there already. If you've ran ads, Haley has never ran ads, like she said. So it just says, get set up to run ads. And we're going to start on the left-hand side. There's like three bars right under the house. Yeah. And then you want to go to business settings. This is going to open up like all of the different pieces and making sure things are connected. So the first one where it opens is people. And that looks good because your name's there. That's what we want. Uh, If you go down to pages is the next place. So under accounts is pages. Here, you want to make sure that your Facebook business page is connected. Is this your business page? Yep. That's my business page. Perfect. And then we're going to skip down a couple to Instagram accounts and we'll do the same thing. Just make sure that your Instagram account is connected. You don't need to worry about logging in. It's fine. Oh, okay. Already. It looks like it's already connected. It looks like it. Perfect. And then we'll go to where it says add accounts. It's up above Instagram. Oh, gotcha. Nice. So you already have an ad account created. Do you know when you created this? I have no idea, actually. <laughs> to be completely honest, I'm not really sure. No, no, that's perfectly fine. Um, exactly what we want to see here. And then, um, so then on the left-hand side under data sources, the next thing that we're going to check is the pixel, which you also already have a pixel. Perfect. Now, can you go back to ad accounts? And this is a step that I actually still forget sometimes. Um, and you want to make sure that your ad account and your pixel are talking to each other. Oh, I didn't. Uh, okay. In the middle of the page, there's like a triangle that's, and then it's up a bit higher. It says add assets beside it. Oh, okay. Got it. So it's like a weird triangle. Okay. And so you're going to go to add assets here. And then what you want to do is toggle on your ad account. 
and then press add. And this lets your pixel and your ad account talk to each other so that any data that the pixel collects, uh-huh. it, it gives to the ad account so they can actually use oh, it. Perfect. Otherwise, otherwise it's just collecting data uh-huh. and then you can't pull those audiences into your ad account and you can't track things. Yes. I always wondered about the pixel and how to set that up and make it talk. So that was pretty easy. That didn't seem too hard. No. And then the last thing that we're going to do here, there's a little bit more because I just looked at the landing page you sent me and your pixel actually isn't installed on the landing page. So we'll get it onto the landing page. And then we can check your website too. Okay. So scroll down a little bit more under brand safety where it says domains. And so here you're going to want to add your domain. So you press the blue add button. There's a couple of different ways that we can do this. So the first way is adding a code, like a piece of code to your header of your website. Okay. And then the second one is through your DNS server. So that would be like logging into Bluehost or a Google Mains or whatever. So whichever way you want to do it. Okay. I'll do, I use SiteGround for my hosting. I just had to log in the other day. Um, So that one might be easier just at the moment. And so what this is doing is saying, telling Facebook that, yes, I have permission to, to, to track this information. And yes, this is actually my website so that I can't just like Amy Porterfield, for example, like use her website or whatever, right? Like this says, yes, I'm allowed to do it. That makes sense. At the very top here, it says verify your domain and then select one option. You're going to click that drop down menu right now. It says add a meta tag. You want the one that says update the DNS TXT record. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to under step number two, copy. If you just click on that dark part, it'll copy it. Okay. And then we're going to go back to site tools. And then, so here at the top, it says a, and then Uh the four A's and then C name. The last one is TXT. That's the one you want. That's the one I want. Okay. And then in the value, you're going to paste that and click create. Okay. And then we'll just leave this open for now, but if you go back to the business settings page and then refresh. Oh, gotcha. And then at the bottom it says, oh wait, sorry, you have to change the drop down menu again back to DNS mm. and then click verify domain. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave it for now because it, and it, like number four says it can take up to 72 hours. So you're that um, mismatch, record mismatch, just means that it just needs a little bit more time. So we'll go do a couple other things and then we'll come back here. Okay. That sounds good. Um, okay. I'm just going to pull up your website. If I spelled it right. I put a K instead of an H for Haley. <laughs> um, okay. Is it a WordPress website? It is. Okay. So if you can open that, then we will install the pixel onto your website. And the pixel is basically just a tracking tool, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So what it does is it actually like a little tiny invisible pixel as in like pixel art, like a little square that loads on the page invisibly. Again, um, it loads And every time that it loads, it tracks that information. 
And so if you open it and it, it's like a page. So on every single page of your website, we'll put in a, what's called a page view event. And so then every time somebody sees it, they'll be put into, I like to look at them like buckets. So like Mm -hmm. I put into this bucket of people who like have done that action. Mm -hmm. And so on, like, like I said, every page will have a page view, but then something like a landing page, thank you page. So after they've opted in, you'll put a different pixel piece in a different event that says that that person's a lead. Uh And so then they'll be put into a bucket of people who are leads. And so that's how it tracks what you've done is based on the events that you have installed on to your website. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So my favorite way to do this is by installing the plugin called pixel cat pixel cat. Okay. Like I like the animal meow. It's a little, yeah, that guy right there with the, he's got a funky hat and a monocle. (laughs) Purple background. Nice. So after you've installed it and it's active, it actually shows up in the menu bar, usually pretty close to the bottom. Oh, I see it. And so you can just open it and then You'll see on the main page, there's two kinds of sections. There's pixels and events. Okay. So what we're going to do is add a pixel. Okay. And then you'll go back to the Facebook business page. Yeah. Sorry, the business settings. And then back under data sources and pixels. And then at the top, there's that blue number. Yeah, exactly. So that blue ID number, and you'll copy and paste it into there. So for anyone who's following along to try and find that pixel number, it's near the top, right under the name of it. Um, And it's like, it says owned by, and then it'll have your name. And then it says ID. And then it has like a blue 16 ish digit number. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. really long. Um, And so when you hover over, it'll say click to copy. And then you just have to click on it to copy. And then you install it on the WordPress page. Um, you just like add it in there. It's super easy. Just paste it in and press save. Exactly. And then underneath there's a second bar that says events. And so that's where, if you have a thank you page, you would go in and you'd add, you would pick the, so it triggers on the page view. And then the second drop down is the pages and it'll list all the pages you have. So you could find that thank you page or whatever. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Then the third drop down is the event. And that's where you would say like, this is a thank you page, like a lead or whatever the person may have done. And so yeah. that means every time that people land on that specific page, you're like, yeah, I know that this is a lead. Gotcha. Because they went there. Exactly. The pixel was able to- You don't have to add the page view by installing the pixel. It automatically, every single page now has the default page view pixel. So you only have to add like extra pixel, like extra events. So that lead event, a purchase event, um, depending on what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So that's good to know for future reference. Okay. So I'm just going to refresh your page. I'm using a plug, a Chrome extension called Facebook Pixel Helper that shows me very little information, but it does show me that the page view pixel is installed. Like I have a green check mark. Uh-huh. So to, if you're ever having problems with the pixel, the Facebook pixel helper extension 
um, is one place that you can go just to see, is it, is anything happening or is it completely like uh-huh, broken? That's so nice. Mm-hmm. And then if you want, we can do it on convert kit too. Okay. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Let's do it. Convert kit is not as I want to say user-friendly. <laughs> you have to install it on every landing page individually. Oh yeah. So it's kind of a pain. So if you just want to open. Yeah. I'll just open the main one that I want. Mm-hmm. So in convert kit, there's a spot where it says settings. Okay. And it's one of the settings. Um, and then I, it's either advanced or SEO and analytics, SEO and analytics. And then there's a space. If you scroll down where it says Google analytics, Facebook business, and all of the other ones, if you just click on Facebook business, there'll be a spot for you to paste it in. Oh, okay, cool. So it's the same thing, just like copying that 16 digit number, pasting it in and then saving it at the bottom. And there you go. The one thing to remember about ConvertKit or to know about ConvertKit, I guess is a better way to say it. They don't track anything besides page views. Okay. So if you want to be able to track leads, then you need a thank you page on your WordPress website. Oh, okay. And you need to redirect. So after somebody opts in, uh-huh. they get redirected to that thank you page on WordPress. That makes sense. Okay. And then you can track them with the lead pixel on WordPress. Okay. That, yep. That makes sense. Okay. That's good to know. So ConvertKit only tracks page views. Mm-hmm. And you can absolutely run like a traffic campaign. So you're just driving traffic to the, the page, uh-huh. but generally conversion ads are more effective. And so being able to track the lead uh-huh. and saying, yes, the person did that action that we wanted is usually more effective. And that's why having the lead pixel on the thank you page uh-huh. is preferable and running it to the thank you page on your website is preferable because people are the algorithm it knows like, and it looks for people who are going to do the action that it wants. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're doing a traffic, the algorithm, a traffic ad, the algorithm is looking for people who will click on the land or click on the ad Mm -hmm. to go to the landing page. But if you're running a version ad, the Facebook algorithm is looking for people who will go to the landing page and opt in and take the action. Exactly. And so it's, Facebook algorithm, well, all the algorithms out there, they're all really, really good at noticing and figuring out people's behavior, mm-hmm. right? So they know that I'm the kind of person who opts into things. I opt into things all the time, but they might know that you are more likely to watch a video. So you'll see more video ads, but I'll see more conversion ads, right? And so having that thank you page, will get it in front of more people like me who are more likely to actually do the thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm terrible. for I opt into everything (laughs) because I love seeing people's like their funnels and stuff. I know. I know. I'm the same way. I need to clean my inbox so bad for my email. It's ridiculous. (laughs) My personal, because so everything that I opt into goes to my personal email Uh and it's almost to the point where like, I don't even want to look at it anymore. Yeah. (laughs) There's too many. (laughs) I know. I feel your pain. So that's the pixel. I'm just refreshing the landing page. 
and it's popping up there. It's saying that the page view is working perfect. Okay, good. Do you want to try verifying your domain again? You would have to go to at the drop down. Yeah, it's weird that it needs to be the, the drop down menu for verifying your domain needs to be the, the same one you used. So if you installed that code oh. into the header. Yeah. Oh, yay. It works. Yeah. So, so now on this page, you see that it's verified. And this means that you can run ads and use the pixel to this website. I mean, back to that Amy Porterfield example, I can run ads to Amy Porterfield's website, uh -huh. like a traffic ad. I can pay to drive traffic to anywhere I want, but what I can't do is track that or, and I can't use the pixel in any way. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we were just talking, those conversion ads that use the pixel are more effective. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this having verified means now you can use your pixel to track the information and you can, you have, you've given yourself permission to access it, right? Just a layer of privacy and security. So now what if I wanted to run ads to my funnel that technically is a subdomain? That's totally fine. Would I need to set up a new pixel, like verify a new pixel thing? No, no, no you wouldn't. Okay. Um, so your, your, your root domain, I think is what it's called uh -huh. is, has been verified. And by verifying the root domain, you also have verified all subdomains. Oh, perfect. Okay. That's good. Okay. So, and if you click on the blue add button, the blue ad, this one. Yeah. So here it says you can only verify. It actually says oh, that okay. you can only verify the root domain. So example.com, not a subdomain yeah. store.example.com or a sub page. And so that would be like, you don't need to verify your website forward slash blog post number one. Yeah. Right. You only have to do that root domain and then everything falls under it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yay. Yeah. So that makes it really easy. Yeah. That's perfect. If you have multiple domains, you can verify additional. So for me, for example, I have market scale grow for the podcast uh -huh. and I also have zandamartle.com. And so I verified both of those domains because they're separate domains and you can, you can verify um, multiple domains and that's no problem. And I have the same pixel installed in both places because it's the same group of people. You can't verify something like TPT though. So if you have a teacher's pay teacher's store, because that's owned by TPT, yeah, you can't verify it. But yeah, so that's just something to keep in mind. You have to, you actually have to own the, the domain, but you can do multiple. Okay. And then do you have a TPT store? I don't. Nope. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say for, again, so then back to my example, my TPT store is primary math resources. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then my business is Facebook ads, uh, like this business, right? So I actually have two separate pixels. Uh, I have my math teacher's pixel and my Facebook ads pixel. But most people only need one pixel and they can install it on ConvertKit and their website and lead pages and SamCard and, and, and. Yeah. Because it's all the same web, all the same audience. And you want one pixel to be collecting all of those people. So if you ever do have anywhere else you want to add the pixel, you want to add the same one. Okay. That's good to know. Don't, you don't need to create a new one. Do you only have a different one because the audience is completely different? Mm -hmm. with it? So if you open a business like for dog walking, yeah, 
and you wanted to market to that, then you would need a new pixel. Absolutely. Okay. That makes because sense. that's a different audience than your teacherpreneur people. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Good to know. So speaking of pixels, the last thing that we need to do to get your account set up is with the events. And so if you click on pixels on the left-hand side under data sources, perfect. And then on the very, very right side at the top, it says open in events manager. Uh-huh. You can just click open in events manager. And so what this is going to do is going to prioritize the different things that people can do on your website. So if you scroll down, okay. it's right there. It says aggravated events management or measurement, sorry. Okay. Yeah, right there, exactly. And then configure web events, that blue button. So if you click on your domain, what we're doing right now is we're saying, this is the most important thing and this is the least important thing. (laughs) The best example I can give, which some people don't have never heard of, but we have these like coin sorting machines at the grocery store Uh where you can take your like piggy bank and just dump in all the coins. Yeah, we used to have those. Yeah, okay, so... Then the whole the whole machine like shakes a little bit, uh-huh. and uh-huh. the coins fall through. And we have we have toonies, which are two dollars, and loonies, which are one, and then quarters, twenty five cents, uh, dimes, nickels, pennies, right? And there's each of those each coin is a different size, right? So there, there's little circles, and the coins like fall through. Except uh-huh. the toonies uh-huh. get caught at the first level and then the loonies get caught at the second level and then the quarters at the third level, right? So this is kind of the same thing. What we're going to set up is your own little like filter. And the most important thing that someone could do on your website is purchase. Now, maybe you have the, I don't think you have a store set up on your website, do you? I don't, not yet. I want to get one set up eventually, just I haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. but so what we, we still, even though currently there's nothing they can purchase, you still... I still recommend you do it. That way you never, you don't need to come back and do it again. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So like purchase is the most important thing. If somebody doesn't purchase, then they'll move to the next thing. And if they don't do that, then they'll move to the next thing. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like um, so you're going to click to get these all set up. You have your domain open. You're going to click on manage events and then edit. And then on the right-hand side, add event, there's a green button. Perfect. And then in the first column, you're going to pick your pixel. And then in the second one, you can actually type the words in, but the first thing we'll put in is uh, purchase. And I think they're in alphabetical order. And then the second we want is initiate checkout. Now, for some reason, initiate checkout is already there. So what you can do is there's, yeah, you can drag and drop. Exactly. And then we'll add the next one. And then the next one is lead. So this is if somebody opts in. Okay. And then add event. And then the last one that you need, that I recommend you have is page view. Uh, it might be view content. Let's see. Oops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. So what this is saying is that the most important thing somebody can do is purchase. And if they don't purchase, did they initiate the checkout? And if they didn't initiate checkout, are they a lead? Did they opt into something? And if they didn't opt into anything, well, they, they viewed content. They had to have viewed content. So everybody will get caught in that last bucket. Okay. But you don't want, if you had it the opposite way around where view content was at the top, then that would mean everybody was there and then it would miss anything else because it only tracks that the top one. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It says, oh, they made a purchase. We don't care what else they did. Okay. Right? Oh, they didn't purchase, but they initiated checkout. We don't care. They, we don't care what else they did, right? So you want it from in that order. So initiate checkout is like they clicked on something they wanted to buy, 
but didn't actually follow through with putting in all their information and clicking buy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And for, in most cases where I've seen these happen uh, with WooCommerce or Shopify, Mm -hmm. they handle all of those different pieces. You connect your Facebook and your WordPress and your Shopify together. Uh And then Shopify is the one who determines what an initiate checkout is. And so unless you're building the entire thing from scratch, which I don't recommend, (laughs) unless you're doing, you, you probably won't actually need to worry about those intricacies, but just having it set up like this says, yes, purchase is more important than you just looking at the page. Okay. That totally makes sense. Yeah. The different layers. And then do I just click apply? Yes. And then yes, I confirm these changes and apply. Very cool. Yay. Okay. So do you want to chat audiences or do you want to chat funnel strategy? Um, can you give me a brief description of both of them? So then I can figure out which one would be better. Yeah. So with the audiences, we can go in, there's a specific spot in here. We go in and we'll look at the differences between warm lookalike and cold audiences. And we'll set some of them up. With the funnel strategy, we can just kind of talk about how you're getting traffic, what the full funnel is going to look like, Uh and the different pieces and different steps. Hmm. I feel like audience might be the better direction to go. Yes. That's what I was leaning towards. Let's do audience. So the left-hand side where there's the little house underneath those three little lines again. Okay. The business or all tools. Yep. And then audiences should be an option that you have there. And so as I alluded to, there's three different types of audiences. Okay. Uh, I call them warm, look like, and cold. Okay. Facebook calls them custom audiences, look like audiences, and saved audiences. <laughs> so let's start with custom audiences. So you can click the blue, create a custom audience. Cool. And then these cool. are your warm audiences. These are people who have interacted with you in some way already. Okay. Cool. So the four that I always, always, always set up are website, customer list, Instagram account, and Facebook page. You can only check one at a time. Oh. Um, So let's start with website. So this is all of the people who have gone to your website in the last, it says currently 30 days, but we're going to change it to 180 days. 180. And is there a reason why, just so we can have, pull more data? Yes, exactly. And so initially... 180 days is fine. As you're running more ads, you get more traffic. You'll probably want to create different size buckets. So you can do 90 days, 30 days, 14 days, seven days, even one day if you really want it. And these are like a rotating kind of bucket. So on day one, the first day I look at it, I go in. And then if I don't look at your website again, 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 for 180 days, I fall off. Gotcha. Okay. But if on day 63, I look at your website again, then I go back to day one. Oh, okay. And then I stay in the bucket until it's 180 days since I've looked at your website and then I fall off. Okay. Okay. And my, my day one could be somebody else's day 17. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Like each person is kind of on their own little journey through. Yeah. So then at the bottom, it says audience name Uh huh. and you can call it something like website traffic or pixel traffic. Um, And then I always put the number of days in brackets afterwards. So 180 days and then create audience. Okay. So then if you click on that website traffic and the audience, yeah. 
on the very, very right hand side, there's a box that says actions. Uh huh. And then you want to create a lookalike. And so a lookalike audience is basically a reflection of this audience. So the website traffic that we just created is people who have actually been to your website. Okay. Yep. What the Facebook algorithm will do is it will say it'll compile all of those people uh-huh. and it'll say, this is the profile of, of those people. And then they'll go find million, a couple million more people just like it. Oh, okay. That's what they'll look like audiences. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those weird fun mirrors uh-huh. where like your, your audience is like little tiny and it like makes it gigantic. Right. Cool. Yeah. That's a good analogy. I like that. <laughs> So the top one's already picked out for you. Select your look like source. You already have website traffic there. So then the second one is select audience location. And so you can um, just type in United States. You are able to put more than one country here, but I've very, very, very rarely seen it actually work. Okay. So just stick to one. Just stick with the United States, especially because you're in the States. So like I'm in Canada. I do two separate lookalikes. I always do an American one and a Canadian one. Oh, cool. Okay. Because I know I have a significant Canadian audience. So if you did have like a Canadian or Australian or whatever additional audience, then it would make sense to go in and create that lookalike. Uh-huh. Um, but if not, then you don't have to. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so you can click away from that white box that's there and... I don't usually change anything else. Just click on create audience. Now we're going to click on the blue create audience button on the left-hand side and then go to custom audience again. Uh, click back. I'm not sure why that happened. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. So your customer list is your email list. Okay. So you can download and the CSV file and actually upload it as your customer list. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, And then the other two that I always do are Instagram account and Facebook page. So if you want to click on either one of those. And so this is very similar to your um, website where you, it's like that, that rotating waterfall kind of thing where people come in on day one. And then if they do not interact with you again, this one is 365 days is the max. So for an entire year, then they fall off at the end of that year. So do you keep it 365 or do you change it? Yeah. I keep it because you want it to be the biggest possible audience. And then similarly, if I'm running specific promotions, then sometimes I'll use like Instagram 90 days or 30 days or whatever. But I do always like to have that the big overarching 365 day bucket of people to pull from. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's a big, that's a long time. (laughs) And when it says everyone who's engaged with your professional account. Yeah. So if you click that drop down, there's tons of different pieces, but engaged is anything from like actual engagement that we consider engagement, like, like comment, share, uh-huh. but it's also someone who's visited your profile, someone who has clicked on the image to see it bigger. Um, anyone who's watched some of a video or any, like anything that you could possibly consider an interaction is, is an engagement in this case, sending a message, so not necessarily just taking action, but even if they just looked at it for 10, 15 seconds, this would pick them up. Okay. That makes yeah. And so when you think about it that way, like if your followers, if you have like a thousand followers, well, you probably have a couple thousand 
additional people who have interacted with your account that aren't following you, right? That's true. Yeah, absolutely. It's a much bigger bucket of people. Yeah. Especially when you think of like all the different people who have looked at, liked, commented anything of any of your content for the last year, Uh right? Yeah. Because I mean, I know sometimes when you look at your insights for Instagram or social media, it will say like, this is the percentage of followers. This is the percentage of non-followers. And it's crazy how like even those non-follower numbers can get up there so quickly. And you're like, wow, like didn't never, I've never really thought about that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Cool. And especially with the reach of like reels right now. Yep. Very true. That's huge. And I know that five years ago, straight, like still image, just we're getting that kind of reach, right? Like it's just part of the trends. But if you think of all the people who have watched your reels, like it's, it's huge. Yeah. That's really, that's encouraging too, because, you know, sometimes you post something and you get like five likes and you're like, wow, okay. (laughs) But then when you can actually see more of the data with this, it can encourage you a little more. And I think something else, like this is leaning into the funnel strategy, but something to remember is somebody who has liked a post of yours mm-hmm. or has commented on one thing or sent you a single DM, they're very top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. And so this specific audience of anyone who's engaged with your your account for the last 365 days, your goal is to show them additional content that's going to help nurture them through your funnel. Mm-hmm. Right. So you wouldn't necessarily want to show this audience your sales page to your 997 course. Mm-hmm. Right. Like someone who's liked one Instagram post is probably like, why would I buy from this person? Yeah. Right. But what you can use this audience for is showing them blog posts, showing them more social media content, trying to get them on your email list so that you can showing them even like a masterclass that's going to nurture them to make that sale. Right. So this audience is really good for that very, very, very top level of the funnel mm-hmm. and then trying mm-hmm. to pull them down the funnel and nurture them. That's perfect. Yeah. Cause yeah. we all know, you know, it takes multiple times for them to see something or to, you know, engage with what you're putting out there. They're not going to see your one post and be like, Oh yes, let me buy this. You know, like they've got to see everything else and make sure you're legit before they actually <laughs> decide to commit. Cool. That's helpful. So is this good to go? I It is. Yeah. So you can press create audience here and then it's going to give you three different options. And the first one is create a lookalike. So you want to click on that. It didn't give us these options before because you had no audiences. Oh. So that very first audience, it doesn't, but for all of the custom audiences that you ever set up in the future, it should give you that option. And you, I always create a lookalike of a custom audience. I was going to ask that. And so that's just so that it can reach more people with mm-hmm. like, okay. And these are quote unquote, technically cold audiences. Uh-huh. It's possible that like a warm person falls in here, uh-huh. but the, the intent of these is for them to be cold audiences of people who have never heard of you before, never seen you before. Mm-hmm. And so you're reaching new people. Now down here, it says select audience size. Mm-hmm. why would it like, what's the difference between where it's at now at 1% if someone changed it to 10%? So it's 
So the 1% is a smaller sized audience, but it's closer to your original audience. The bigger your percentage is, the bigger an audience it gets. But because it's bigger of an audience, they have to, the algorithm has to say, like dilute almost that original profile I got to make the bigger one. Okay. So it's better to stick with like the 1%, the smaller. Yeah. Especially when your original audience is smaller. Mm -hmm. So to make a lookalike audience, you need at least a hundred people in your original audience. Uh And then as your original audience, so that Instagram traffic, for example, as that audience gets bigger, the algorithm gets better and better at creating that profile. Mm-hmm. And so once your Instagram bucket is at a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, then you could go up. Exactly. And then but if you only have 150 people in that bucket, mm-hmm. which probably isn't the case for most people in Instagram traffic, mm-hmm. but for something like your website. Yeah. Like I probably get a hundred hits on my website in a month. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't have a gigantic website bucket of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so you want to keep that smaller. So the smaller the original audience, the smaller you want this lookalike percentage to be. Okay. And then the number of lookalike audiences, it just kind of like pulls different pieces of that profile. Oh, I see. Okay different pieces. Mm-hmm. And if you were to like slide, slide the percentage thing over to like two, 3% and you did multiple lookalikes, it'll do like zero to 1%, one to 2%. Gotcha. Okay. And so it, but it's the same thing. It's kind of diluting that profile to find multiple pockets of lookalike. Yeah. So sometimes that's not the best option. You want it to be more specific with the smaller numbers. Yeah. So again, especially when you're first starting out Mm -hmm. um, and if you have a smaller ad budget, then keeping that look like closer to the original is likely and not always, but likely going to result in a better results for you from that look like. So yeah, just create audience and then we'll do the same thing for your Facebook page. So then you'll want to, yeah, exactly. And then it'll, it'll have like personal and in your business. And then if you're like for me, like 12 different pages come up. So you have to like find the right one. And then some of my clients have two business pages. And so all of them pop up there. So just making sure that you have the right one. And this is very similar to the Instagram one. It's anyone who's engaged with your page in any way. It doesn't have to be someone who likes or follows. It can be anyone who just visited or engaged in like the typical sense or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, 365 days, you can make that smaller in the future. And uh, yeah, and this is just as a reminder, this is a Facebook business page. It is not Facebook groups, it's not your personal page. It is really that business page. The business page. Okay. Yeah. You can create the audience and then again, create the lookalike. Okay. And as like a little tip, trick, hint, I don't know what to call it. If you record a video, either live or just posting it on your Facebook business page. Uh huh welcoming people into your Facebook group. Oh. Do you have a Facebook group? I don't yet. It's in the works, possibly. We're still deciding if we want to do a Facebook group or not. <laughs> so if you do decide to do it on your Facebook business page, uh-huh. you can record a video being like, hey, welcome to the group, uh-huh. which is a little bit weird, I realize, because, but then what you do is you share it to your group. Uh-huh. 
and pin it as an announcement. Okay. Because then you can create an audience of people who have watched that video. Oh, okay. And then the people who are inside your Facebook group, because there's no other way that I found, no other easy way mm-hmm. that I found that you can really collect that group of people. But if you have like a that video that's technically on your Facebook business page. But it's still tracking when people watch it inside your group. Exactly. And so then those people in your group can be collected into a, an audience and you can retarget them with ads. And I know a lot of times there's groups that have like the question, like, give me your email address mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's just one more layer of being able to bring it back to them. Yeah, that's good. Okay. It's a little tip. And if for you to give to your clients, if you have any clients running Facebook ads, yeah. and like, Hey, have you thought about doing this? Right. That's smart. I like that. Okay, cool. So the only other custom audience would be your email list. I think you have ConvertKit open, so you can download the CSV file from there. Um, let's see. So, um, so down, scroll down in ConvertKit. Uh, where is it? If you click subscribers, the check mark beside subscriber, there's a, like a checklist over on the left side. Left side. Like right there. Yeah. And then it'll say select all subscribers in your account in that blue bar that popped up. And then under bulk actions, there will be an export. Look at you, expert. You don't know how many times I've, so I've used ConvertKit, AWeber, Flowdesk, MailChimp, and at least two other ones that I'm forgetting right now. And they're all like slightly different. So I've become a champion. Oh, Kajabi is another one. And Kartra is another one. I've become an expert at like, Okay, where do I need to go to find this CSV file? I know it's here somewhere. Yeah, and some of them it's like download all right here. And then other ones it's like yours where it's like you've selected 30 people on this page. Now click here to do all of them. It's going to send you an email too. Oh, okay. And yeah, that's the other thing. Some of them it's like I've sent you an email. And some of them it's like here's the download. And some of them it's like you're just a user. I've sent the actual owner the CSV. So then I have to send a thing. Oh no. <laughs> so it, it all just depends on what it is. And then you'll see, and this, um, Flowdisk is the same way, but ConvertKit and Flowdisk is both like, this link is, is good for five days. And you're just like, you need to send it to me within five days or else I, I you're going to need to do this again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, did you, I was like totally chatting, and I have no idea if you actually got the. I have not actually got the CSV yet, <sighs> but let me see. It might actually be. <laughs> I have so many email addresses. It could be a different. Oh, there we go. Okay, it's my other email address. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like my life. <laughs> oh, I can't keep up. Got the CSV, so let's go back here. It's actually the other one that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then again, create the audience, custom audiences, and then customer list. And then this is just talking, that first page is just talking to make sure it's in the right format because you downloaded it Uh from the, it's fine. So just press next. I feel like this is only if you're like making the email list yourself. (laughs) And then the second one, does your list include custom values? Is like, if in your list, it says this person has paid me, a thousand dollars. This person's paid me ninety-seven dollars. This person's paid me, which yours would not have. So you're going to say no. That's something that with almost all email service things, I, I don't think I've ever seen one 
that just does it. They all like, that's a manual thing you have to do. So it's always a no. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. So then you're going to upload the file in that first box. Should I rename it? Yeah. So I always name it email list, customer list, whatever. And then I put the date that I downloaded because there is a way for you to download another CSV file and update it. And then next. And then here you want to make sure that the columns are mapped properly. And so this just is saying, so that first one, are those actually email addresses? Yes. Is that second one actually countries? Yes. And then at the top, there's a spot where it says mapped to, and then action needed six. You want to click on action needed. And if you can map more of them, then that's going to make it more accurate. So that first, the very, very first one is first names. And so you should be able to pick first names here. Don't worry about that one. Don't worry about tags. You can upload the city and the state. Those will be ones that they can map. And this just is helping. So what Facebook will now do, or I guess it's algorithm. It's not an actual human doing this. (laughs) What it will now do is it'll go in and it'll say, can I find somebody named like Sarah? Can I find Sarah with this email address? Can I find Sarah with this email address in this city? Right? So the more pieces of information, like if it's Sarah with this email address at this city, in this state, in this country, with this, whatever, all of those different pieces of information. Uh-huh. Whereas if it just says this email address, because you have to have an email address. Uh-huh. So if it's just this email address, then maybe it won't be able to find the person. Gotcha. So the the more you can map, the better. The better. So it's more specific and detailed. Yeah. And this totally is reliant on your service provider. So Flowdesk, I can literally map first name and email address and that's it. Oh. Hmm. Whereas like ConvertKit, you got city, state, country. Yeah. I've seen zip code included in there. I've seen people who have first name and last name. Like that's all. It's really, really dependent on the email list people. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Then you're going to click import and create. And then you want to create a lookalike here. Oh, cool. Well, that's not too difficult. So with the website traffic, Instagram and Facebook, those were like on a rotating basis. Like I said, like day one, your email list is not. Okay. So to update that and now add information, you would need to go back into ConvertKit, download the list again, and then you can click on the audience, like e- the email list audience uh-huh. and edit it. Oh, like right there. Mm-hmm. And then it'll say replace customer, replace customers. It's grayed out because you did it today. I got it. Um, but you would be able to click replace customers and then upload the new CSV file and then it would update it. Got gotcha. it. Okay. Uh, Cause I was going to ask that if like, you know, as new subscribers come in on the email list, does it automatically pull it over here? But no. So you would have to the manual process. wait until, you know, you get a few more and then once you get a large chunk, then maybe kind of come back here and replace it. And so for, for myself, when I, when I'm not running ads, I update it once a quarter. Okay. When I am running ads, I update it once a month. Okay. That's good. And that's my recommendation to my clients as well. Yeah. That, yeah. And I, that's the same thing I'd say to you. And if let's just say you were part of a summit or something and you got like 500 new people from this summit or this bundle package or whatever uh-huh. it is, I would recommend going in and updating it after that. Uh huh. But if 
you're kind of just chugging along with Instagram. You're getting one or two new subscribers a week. And so you get like 10 new ones a month. Then there's no reason to, I mean, you can, absolutely. You could do it every day if you wanted. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're only adding like 10 new ones a month, then that's why I recommend waiting a quarter. Um, so just dependent on number. I had a client, she wanted me to do it every week. We were spending a couple hundred dollars a day on ads and building the list. So we were getting like a thousand new people on every week. So that made, oh. right. So like the quantity. Yeah. Of, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And again, the more people you have in that email list, the more accurate it is. So um, it needs at least a hundred people to create the lookalike. And then once the lookalike's created, as you get those more people onto your list, it gets more and more accurate. Okay. Now, now that this is all set up, one, like <laughs> in a week or so, when I want to come and look at this data, how do I do that? So there's not a lot of data you can see here okay. about these audiences. Like you can't, the only one that you could get information about like specifics would be the email list uh -huh. because that's a list you have. Gotcha. Um, for like privacy reasons, Facebook won't actually let you see all of that other stuff those other things. Okay. What you can see is in the events manager. So on the left-hand side, events manager will show you how many hits your pixels getting. Okay. Yeah. This is what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's in the events manager and this will kind of show you how many times, like how many people are seeing your pixel and that information there. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. And you can see, like you've had three page views. Those are probably you and I yeah. <laughs> refreshing your page, right? Probably so. Um, and then, but as more people come, your graph will start to look more like a normal graph and not just like a straight line as there's more days and stuff, obviously. So that's pretty much, oh, actually go back to audiences. <sighs> totally forgot the one that people love the most in audiences, the cold audiences. Oh, so this is the, the reason I say that, um, is because people just like, when you imagine an audience, this is what you're actually uh, doing. So you want to go to not special audiences, oh, not special. Okay. Special audiences are like, if you're talking about politics or credit cards or oh, no. yeah. some of those things they're, where they're, they're much more regulated. You want to go to saved audience. Oh, Okay. And this is where you like play with all of the things to find interest-based audiences. Gotcha. So I leave the audience name till the end. Okay. And then I don't usually add a custom audience in there. I will add people. So you can leave it as just the US, but here I usually do US, Canada, UK, Australia, New Zealand which are the five major English speaking countries. Okay, you said Australia. Uh, United Kingdom. You do have to type it out. Um, and then New Zealand.
And then on the right-hand side, if you scroll up a little bit, it says estimated audience size. So right now we're at like 150 million. Wow. <laughs> so the next few things that we're going to do, going to bring that we'll down a little narrow bit. that down a little bit. Yeah. So if you scroll <laughs> down the age, I recommend you move it to at least 22, if not higher, but 22 almost yeah. guarantees that you got rid of the 18 year olds, the 15 year olds who are pretending to be adults. And then depending on where your range is, um, 40, 45, 50, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then for gender, you can leave it as all male or female, I guess men and women is what they've used. Um, yep. Uh, unless you're promoting to people in a different language than English, you don't need to do that. Okay. You can add in the languages of English. Um, I haven't really seen a difference except for when it is like a different language. And now you can already see just by changing the age range, we're down to yeah. like 8 million. Okay. Right. Nice. And then scroll down even further to where it says detailed targeting. And this is where you get to let your imagination go crazy and put in things that people might be interested in. So you can type in things like teacher or lead generation or whatever it might be. Now, teacher itself doesn't show up anymore. Oh. Um, That's but on the right-hand side, you can see how some of them say interest. Some of them say job title. Uh-huh. You want to lean towards the ones that say interest. Interest. And why? Interest have been determined by the Facebook algorithm based on pages people like, things they talk about, yada, yada, yada. Job title is literally what somebody has typed in themselves as their job title. I gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. So then you can type in a word again, or you can click on that button that says suggestions beside browse. And it's going to come up with other ones that's like, oh, this might be similar. What do you think about these ones? Um, so some that I've used relating to teachers, teachers pay teachers comes up and, and we are teachers. Now, what if that, like, can you do random things like target or Nike or yes. Um, I wouldn't put them in here with those, with that one. I would do like a separate audience. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, can you scroll up and see what the size of this audience oh, yeah. is? Sure. Oh, nice. So we're down to like 4 million, 5 million. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the recommendation is the bigger, the better. The bigger. So the better. Okay. like 10 million, 15 million is good. I am totally fine with still like around the 5 million mark is good. You think so? Okay. Yeah. But what you can do is you can go back down to those interests and you can try and find more interests. Excuse me. You want to stay with the kind of like the same topic though. By putting target in, you're pulling in like a whole different group of things, right? But if you found more that were like teaching related, then that would be okay because you're still pulling up teachers. Like, could you, I mean, I'm just trying to think of teachery things like flare pens or like. <laughs> you, I think Scholastics is in there actually now that I'm. Oh. Or Scholar's Choice, one of them. But yes, um, Scholastic Teachers is there. Scholastic Book Fairs. <laughs> These are all going to add like just a little bit, right? Like that one added 100,000, yeah. which isn't a ton, but it's just a little bit, right? Yeah. 
And just continuing to add different ones, seeing what happens. Um, yeah. The other thing that you can do if you scroll down a little bit further, so click away from wherever it's clicked right now. Underneath it says to narrow audience. So if you click on narrow audience, you could put in something else here. So if you wanted specifically like math teachers, you could put math in here. Oh, okay. Or if you were looking specifically for like business owners, a really good one is Facebook business page admins or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, so, cause right now it's just anyone who's interested in teachers or uh -huh. teaching. Right. Yeah. But if you put in that like business page, you're more likely to get people who are business owners. Uh-huh. But it also might like make the audience too small. That makes sense. Yeah. So you and having that bigger audience right now is definitely a better choice. Facebook thriving on big audiences. Big audiences. Good to know. See, I did not know that. So now that you kind of have an idea of what the audience is, you can go back up to the top and you can name your audience something like teachers or whatever you wanted it to be. Yeah. I think that's and then I usually put the size of the audience in brackets. So like this one, I put 4.5 million is something like that. Somewhere in that million middle of the range that they give me. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom, it says create saved audience. And you think that's a good number to like start with? Yeah. Okay. I would be fine with like a nearly 5 million people audience. Cool. For sure. Yeah. Do you create a lookalike from that too? Or is this just no, no, that you, you can only make a lookalike from the warm okay. custom audiences. Okay. This is like a very cold audience. Okay. So this is cold audience. No lookalikes, only lookalikes from warm audience. Lookalikes is I've heard them referred to as warm, uh, not warm audiences, cool audiences. And I've heard them referred to as something else that I can't, it's, totally escaping me right now but the idea of like a cool audience I like because because it's almost a reflection of your warm audience it's not freezing cold it yeah. has a little bit more like an edge on uh -huh. those cold audiences um but it's kind of in that middle somewhere between the warm audiences and those cold audiences who have never heard of you before yeah that makes sense. so cool yeah okay that your helpful. audiences yeah. Um, do you have any other questions about all the stuff that we've done? Um, so much. Set it up. I think I'm good with that. The Facebook pixel. And so anytime I want to check the data for the Facebook pixel, it's under events manager. And if for some reason that shortcut isn't there, um, then you can just scroll down the list of all tools, like go back to it. The all tools. No, no, oh. like the all tools. Yeah, 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 there. Oh, I see um, right here. There's like a list of all kinds of different things. So if for some reason events manager isn't one of the shortcuts at the top, uh -huh. you can find it in this list. Okay. Right there. That yeah. makes sense. Cool. Okay. Same with audiences. If you ever wanted to create a new audience, <clears throat> you can go back in there to the audience page. Um, and then audiences is yeah underneath the uh, the advertised one. Cool. Okay. 
Now, I'm just trying to think, like, is it better when you are creating audiences to create, like, all these different types? Or, like, just should it, should I only focus on my cold audience for certain things or only focus on my warm audience for certain things or all of them? (laughs) So for your lead magnet, for example, Uh generally what I would recommend you do is that you send out the ads to your warm audience first. Okay. And then it will get to a point where your warm audience has seen the ad multiple times. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and you, you don't want to be annoying. Like you don't want them to see the ad 7,000 times and be like, Oh my God, Haley, go away. Yeah. yeah that's happened. Right. So <laughs> we've yeah, all so, been there where we've seen the thing 20 times and you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. You're like, I'm done clicking on this. Stop showing it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, in the ads manager, when you're running a campaign, there's a spot where you can see the frequency and that's the number of times that somebody has viewed the ad. Oh, okay. Like it's an average, obviously. The uh, On average, people have seen the ad three times or 1.2 times or whatever it is. Uh-huh. I like to keep that number somewhere. Like I turn an ad off if it hits somewhere between three and four. Okay. Um, so at that point, once your, cold, your warm audience has seen the ad three or four times, uh-huh. that's when you would want to start pushing it out to the the lookalike audiences and the cold audiences. Okay. And I push them out to those at the same time together. Okay. Yeah. That. And you don't, you could, if you wanted, do it to all three types at the same time. Uh Uh-huh. But if you have a smaller budget or you're a little bit more nervous or you're not sure or whatever the case may be, starting with your warm audience is never a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. That's, and like, because my warm audience is smaller, I probably wouldn't need to run it that long. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. my, like my warm audience, I would say gets exhausted or like I fatigue them with my ads. It takes like a week or two, depending yeah. on my budget. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I would, I would say like, Budget-wise, you're looking at twenty to twenty-five dollars a day. That's okay. That's kind of what I was thinking. Was like twenty a day, so twenty twenty-five a day. But keeping an eye on that frequency, especially with your warm audiences, it's much much harder to exhaust a cold audience because there are millions of people, right? Yes, that's true. Um, so it's harder to exhaust those audiences. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's where you like scale and you grow bigger mm-hmm. is by reaching more of those cold people. Cool. So I guess really like my last question then is when someone like me, is it better to run ads to a lead magnet to get people on your list? Or like, is it better to run ads to my sales page for a product and get them purchasing? My personal preference is Email list. Email list. Okay. For a couple reasons. Number one, it can be hard to optimize ads to a sales page. Uh huh. It can be hard to, yeah, it, it can just be like a really long process of figuring it out. And when you're first getting started, there's a lot of things that need to be finessed. 
Mm-hmm. So it can take time before you start to see results. And that mm-hmm. can be really hard and can make you feel like you're doing something wrong, the ads aren't working, and that you're just wasting money. So by running the ad to your lead magnet, there's fewer things that you need to kind of figure out. So if it's not working, it's probably the landing page. Like that, there's not many other moving parts. Yeah. Um, and especially if it's something that converts, like when you post it on Instagram, people are like, yes, I want this. Uh-huh. If, if you have good, good opt-ins organically, once you turn on ads, it should continue. Uh-huh. Um, so there's fewer, there's fewer moving parts usually with a lead magnet, but second of all, well, you're not going to be making money with a sales page. You're making money. Uh-huh. You're not, but you can see people coming onto your email list. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different type of return on your ad spend, but emotionally, you feel like, okay, I got something from this. Yeah. It feels like you're still doing something right. Even though you may not be getting a sale, you know Mm -hmm. that it's working because people are coming onto your list. Exactly. And so it feels like it feels better Mm -hmm. and it feels success is easier Mm -hmm. and you can feel it happening and you can see it happening. And I think at this point, a lot of people understand and realize that growing your email list is a long-term benefit to your business. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So by having that email growth, Mm -hmm. you can logically understand that, okay, maybe I'm not making the money today, but within time I will. Yeah. Because that's, you, we all know how important an email list is these days in (laughs) society of our social media that we don't own. I think Psycho- like from a psychology point of view, when you're actually seeing something happen, you're like, okay, I'm supposed to be getting emails lists. Like my email list is supposed to be growing. I see my list is growing. That success makes you feel like, okay, I can keep doing this. Whereas if you're running it to a product or something that's not working, or if you're promoting a blog post mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. What am I getting from this? True. Like, true. I, I, I maybe maybe a sales coming in once a week, but it feels like I'm just like money's just bleeding or with yeah. that blog post, or if you boost a post on social media, like when you boost on Instagram, uh-huh. just like, well, I don't, what was I supposed to get from this $20? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. And yeah. then it makes you feel like, because you don't know you're, I don't know, was I successful or not? Was it a good choice or not? Mm-hmm. Whereas that email list, you're like, okay, it is growing. Mm-hmm. It's working. This is a good thing. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my recommendation and my reasoning why behind. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think that's very helpful, not only for me, but for other people too, because, you know, you never know where to even get started with ads and what to run the ads to. So that was very helpful. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I feel so much better about having it all set up, the Facebook pixel. Like I knew about the pixel, wasn't really sure how to do it. So I feel great about that. I feel like when I'm ready to start running my ads, I'll be 10 times more confident in starting it versus before. The really, really good thing too about all the stuff we did today is whether you start running ads in a week or you start running them in six months, like it will just 
go in the background, the pixel collect data and do its thing, but you, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Like it's done. It's done. It's there. And so you can just like know that when you're ready to start ads, you can just go in and get going. You don't have to worry about, ah, do I, what do I need to do? How can I set up the pixel? Cause yeah. it's already like each piece is so stressful and just like taking one piece off is so helpful. I find. I, and it really wasn't as difficult as I had imagined. So, I mean, you did a great job of like walking through it. And I think like you talked about, you had a checklist of like, this is how we're the steps we're going to take, you know, like that was super helpful and just kind okay. of calming my nerves too. And knowing that we were doing the right thing. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> it, like I said, I think I said it at the beginning, but just Facebook ads are so much mm-hmm. and it feels like, what's that saying? Oh, eating an elephant one bite at a time. Oh yeah. Like, like you look at the elephant and Facebook is, seems like an elephant. It's so like, I can't do this. No. Right. But when you really get into it and you just like, like anything else, you just like do one little piece. Mm-hmm. It is manageable. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a podcast episode. So if people would like to find you, learn more about what you do, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would always say, follow me on Instagram, Haley.Cleese, H-A-Y-L-E-Y dot K-L-E-E-S. And then same thing for TikTok. I am over there trying to grow it, just having fun over there. Um, but feel free to comment, reach out, DM me, whatever. I promise I'm a super nice outgoing person and love talking to anyone. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much again. Yes. Thank you. And it was so great catching up with you again. Thank you so much for listening to Market Scale Grow. If you're ready to build your email list and generate consistent leads on autopilot, then we would love to partner with you. Our growth package is perfect for course creators, service providers, and coaches looking to inject their list with fresh leads so that they can amplify their amazing program and get it out to new people. This six-week package is perfect for you if you have a proven lead magnet that you're ready to turn into an established lead generation machine. To get started today, head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash work together, fill out the application, and someone from my team will be in contact with you to schedule a free strategy session to ensure that it's a good fit and to get you on the path to consistent lead generation with Team JD. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to working with you.